0: welcome to this special Unions 21 bite Size masterclass podcast. This podcast is supported by the University of Sheffield's Political Economy Research Institute, better known as Sperry, and Open Democracies Beyond Trafficking and Slavery Project. I'm Simon Sapper.
1: I'm Becky Wright.
0: And I'm Tom Hogan from Sperry. This episode features Mary Brewster, Joint General Secretary of the National Education Union, talking about training and development and linking that to continuing professional development. Becky, Tom, what do you think are the main buttons she needs to press?
1: I think in this particular masterclass what should be coming across with Mary is just how something that is seen as a uh, service is used to engage and empower union members like anything else in the, within the union.
0: And also how union learning can be embedded into the kind of everyday fabric of the union so that it's not uh, something that's seen as a bolt-on or something that's an extra it is just part of what the union does yes the, the training development continuing professional development all these things th- these, these are integrated parts of the, of the whole union experience
1: mary boussard is the joint general secretary of the national education union and also the chair of union learn and so it's sterling sterling effort there without further ado i'm going to hand over to mary to kick us off
2: I, I have uh, just come back from my own conference, so I sat down this morning and jotted a few things down. So these are my thoughts about uh, union learning and about trade union education. So I have been chair of the Union Learn Board for eight years? I don't know than Seems like an eon, anyhow. Being been chair of the Union Learn Board for a long time, uh, more than I care to, collect, uh, to recollect. And uh, I'm also, I have been General Secretary of the Association of Teachers and Lecturers for 16 years. Uh, and I know, I know, I don't look old enough. And uh, this, this September, we um, uh, amalgamated with the NUT. So now I'm Joint General Secretary of the National Education Union, which has nearly half a million members now and is the largest education union in Europe. So um, in that time, as, uh, as the General Secretary of the Teachers Union, a professional union, uh, I just want to tell you about our story about member development, member training and uh, the learning that our members do um, and have been doing in the union. When I became General Secretary of ATL, I remember the first time there was a big discussion in the union about applying to the Union Learning Fund. And there was a big row within the executive in particular. Some of who were saying, we're teachers, we don't need to do learning through the union. And me saying, you've got a pot of money here from the government to do professional training and development. We should be applying for it. I won. It was a, a big argument, and we applied. And in the first few years, we had to be a bit creative because the emphasis was really on basic skills. So we had to sort of say how we would, why why we, we had to fit the criteria around our bids. But we did bid, we did get the money, and we we started developing... Before we'd run a centralised training course, we'd done a training course, which had a training officer, we booked courses, we brought in outside trainers, and we delivered them. And uh, it was clear to me that that was was neither on the scale nor the frequency, nor had it the buy-in of the members in the way that you would want uh, that to happen. So what we did was we applied for union loan funding, we got some, and uh, we started embedding union learning into the union. And... We were very clear about three principles. The first was that we wanted to get learning closer to the members. So we didn't want to be running training courses in London. We wanted union learning, which was close to the members and their schools and colleges. So it had to be regionally based. That was the first thing. The second thing that we were very clear about was that we weren't going to take the money and run from the government. We were clear that, you know, union learning, I know very well as chair of Union Learn, that we have to bid every year for union learning funding. If you're going to do that and you want to really embed it in the union, you have to mainstream it. So rather than having our union learning officers on a separate contract, on a yearly renewable contract, we made the conscious decision we were going to mainstream union learning into the union. So what we've used union learning to do, the funding, is pump prime projects, pump prime staffing, and then gradually mainstream that into ATL. So we now have 10 full-time staff uh, engaged in promoting learning amongst the membership. Seven of them are based in the regions, and there are union learning organisers, and three at the centre, because we still have a centrally-based course, but we have um, them in the regions as well. And for a union which was ATL size, 120,000 members, that's a significant investment in learning. And it's a significant investment in staffing costs as well. Uh, Why did we do that? Well, we did that because it was clear to me that my motto for ATL as the General Secretary was that we wanted members to join up join in and get on and by get on i meant get on in their union but also get on in their careers so one of the most positive things that we could offer them as a union was the ability to become more professional and better at what they do now there's quite an interesting statistic uh, this year from the national audit office looking at teacher retention and basically saying teacher retention is terrible and you know over half of the teachers in england leave within 10 years uh, which is a complete outlier from most top-performing education countries. And what the National Audit Office says was, uh, in their report, their latest report on teacher retention, they said that the government is spending £555 million a year on recruiting and training teachers, but only £36 million a year on retaining them in the profession, and there is no national CPD strategy. So what we're doing, what we have been doing in ATL, is bringing CPD, brokering CPD close to the members. So our union learning organisers uh, meet the branch committees, uh, meet the members, find out what they need, and then start working to provide that training and development. And sometimes it is brokered and done with outside (coughs) trainers. Quite often we use members in the union or people that they know. So that's members actually training and helping each other. So what, are, what sort of things do we do? For example, uh, in 2016 and 17, our most popular course, our most popular locally, regionally-based course was Supporting Students with ADHD. That was a training course. And for our members, mindfulness. We, you know, we, we have a very stressful job. Uh, teachers work more underpaid overtime than any other profession. How do you take care of yourself? So we've got 10,000, over 10,000 learners just on those two courses. In the, the, what the most popular courses uh, this year are behavior management and e-safety, but it's also coming up quickly behind that, it's a very, very popular course on autism, and courses like looking after your voice. Voice is a key thing for teachers they use it all the time. Many go retired from the profession through stress-related um, vocal strain, And and so we've got um, that's a very very popular course as well so what have we found as a result of this long eight or nine year experiment into union learning and into union uh, cpd the first thing we found is that it's extremely popular with members when we run courses they knock on the doors so we now very rarely have branch meetings what we have is a cpd course to which has a branch relations element so we get people in they get the CPD they want, and then we have a 15, 20 minute, what's going on in the area, what campaigns the union's involved in. So we really mesh learning with union organisation. The second thing we found is that when I became General Secretary of ATL, the executive was totally white and over 80% male and large retired. Now we have, we don't have enough BAME members, but we have a much stronger representation from women, from younger women. and, And we found that uh, BMA, BAME members are, are really and women are really attractive to the CPD offer, to union learning, and have started to take up and are taking up branch secretary roles, uh, taking up equalities roles. So once you catch people, it's like organising, catch them and then uh, they, they really become involved in the union. So the union is far less pale, male, white and stale. And the third thing is that if you're engaged in learning on that level, then you have every right as a general secretary to say, I have an authority. I have a duty to speak out for my members on professional issues and to claim the space for issues around the curriculum, around assessment around special needs and around members' professionalism and the right of members to be professional. So if you look at my conference speech, uh, which is on the ATL section website, and it's a good speech, it's only 25 minutes, I think it's brilliant. Um, uh, If you look at the speech, you'll find that 90% of that is actually around organising around professional issues, which for a union like ours is really, really important. So that's what we've done, and uh, that's where we are. Thank you.
0: So Becky Tom, what do you think were the takeaways from from Mary's bite-sized masterclass? I think one of the interesting things here is the way in which the NEU encourages the members to bring forward ideas that they would like the union learn courses to be on. And so, in in the education sector, some quite specific things about you know how to protect your voice or autism um, learning or you know, about ADHD, you know, I think the way in which you can make training uh, something that members want to do is when it directly speaks to their everyday experiences at work.
1: And I think, I mean, I will hold my hand up with uh, personal interest on this one because I actually used to uh, run the CPD programme that Mary talks about.
0: Not conflicted at so all. So not
1: conflicted at all. But I would say this across the P's, all the education unions do something like this for their members. And I think it's it's incredibly important because they are filling a gap that's not there uh, not, not being provided by the local authorities or by the multi academy trusts or the individual schools themselves, or it's very difficult for those schools to put on. And when we talk about trade union education, a lot of people immediately assume it means education to be a rep. But this kind of um, the CPD, the continuing professional development, the con- just the continuing continuing educational development of members, is fundamental to the trade union movement it's been at the heart of what we do since we were founded and it's really good to see unions such as mary's continuing on that tradition and it's something that a lot of unions i don't think should shy away from and and encourage it and embrace it because it is part of that kind of positive story about unions
0: well uh, if the fifa world cup taught us anything it's (laughs) It's, the, it's
1: coming home. Well,
0: by the time you're listening to this, it may it will have come home or not. But but you, the teams that are most successful are those where the players own the process, right? The members own the process in terms of CPD and therefore union learning. I think that's the great takeaway from it. This podcast is one of a series of five bite-sized masterclasses from Unions21, supported by Sperry and Open Democracy. You can subscribe and rate the other episodes on Podbean iTunes, and the podcasting platform of your choice. You've been listening to me, Simon Sapper.
1: Me, Becky Wright.
0: And me, Tom Hunt. This Unions 21 Bite bite-sized Masterclass podcast has been supported by Sperry and Beyond Trafficking and Slavery on Open Democracy. Beyond Trafficking and Slavery is a platform working to explain how and why labour exploitation takes place, as well as what unions and other activists are doing to prevent it. Take a look at www.opendemocracy.net forward slash beyond slavery. This has been a Makes You Think Production.